Tuesday, January 16, 2024. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel of salvation. Be baptized in his name. Repent of your sin and follow Jesus. Trust in the death, the burial, the resurrection to have taken your sin. And you will walk with him, be in his church, and you will go to heaven and not hell. Today, I want to cover... The Law, a scholarly review regarding military vaccinations. As a combat veteran, West Point grad of 2008, I got out in 2015. Two combat tours, before you go, they load you up with all sorts of stuff. But in 2020 and after, things were different. The military was pumping vaccines into the arms of military men and women. The subsequent fallout of that lawless activity that coercive, unconstitutional, godless activity was the fact that there's a lot of military members that are hurt, both in the military and out of the military. And just side note, if I say army, take that as like military writ large. My Because I was in the army, I will, I will probably stumble and say army. But whenever I say that, I mean Air Force, you know, uh, Navy and all the others. So it's, it's not intended to be an insult. It's just it's the way my brain thinks. But this lawless behavior of the government to force vaccination of military members, I want to just lay out what the law is. There's a couple different things I want to lay out, but before I do that, I want to get to Proverbs chapter, where are we at today? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1 through 3. The preparations of the law, excuse me, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now the preparations here is your brain has your thinking. If your thoughts are preparations, that's the way that you're leaning. So it's your inclinations. It's how your brain constructs ideas, holds ideas, and then uses ideas to to move about and to behave. Right? And the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. So, so, and we'll get to this in verse 2, but the way that you think, your ambitions, and the way that you speak is from the Lord, which means... God gave you the ability to think, and God gave you the ability to speak. So what you think and what you say are gifts. The the ability to think and the ability to speak is from the Lord. Verse 2, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. The Bible says that you will think that what you do are clean, not dirty, without blemish, perfect. And because you think, and I, think that our ways are perfect, In our own eyes, when we judge ourselves, we think we are righteous. But, opposite, the Lord weigheth the spirits. God weighs your motives. He looks at your heart. See, he gives you the ability to think, the ability to speak, but he weighs the heart. So he knows your heart despite what you think and despite what you say. Verse 3 finishes, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So here the Bible is clearly pointing out that God gave you the ability to think. He gave you the ability to speak. And those are gifts from him. He says that all the ways that you do things are going to be clean in your eyes. But God weighs the heart. And so the Bible says, commit all of your ways to him. This is where you are culpable. This is where you have the power and the decision to say, I'm going to commit to the Lord. I've got the, God gave me the ability to think. He gave me the ability to speak. 
even though I'm going to be perfect in all of my ways, in my opinion, I'm going to commit my ways, that is my speech and my thinking, to the Lord. So if I do that, commit thy ways unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. If you commit your heart to what God wants, your ways, your thoughts, your thoughts are going to control what you say. And so if this is the case, you're going to commit your ways into the Lord. The reason why we start out with the Proverbs is so that we understand the base of wisdom is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge and wisdom. I want to direct your attention before we get into the law to the way that you can help support what I do. It's at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. It's an opportunity to spend the money that you're already spending with household goods, laundry detergent, if you're a girl, cosmetics, uh, vitamins, protein uh, powders, those types of things. And you can switch that over to American manufacturing, take the money out of the godless commies and put it into American manufacturing. Now, the blessing here, this is direct product purchase right to your home. You enjoy cost savings. You enjoy opportunities to get better uh, products because they're not mass produced. So they don't have industrial chemicals that let them sit on a shelf for two years before they get rolled out and then heavily discounted. You get products that are manufactured here stateside directly to you. And it's a blessing to me, my family, and allows me to do what I do uh, without charging money because what I'm giving you today is worth a lot of money. I'm giving you the knowledge, which is the law, and it has been hidden from you. Luke 11:52, Jesus says, woe unto you lawyers, for you have hidden the key of knowledge. Lawyers hide knowledge because they twist words. The twisting of words lulls everybody to sleep and we don't focus on the individual words. In the law, precision is critical. If you are not precise in the law, you lose in the law. So with that, I want to start with this uh, Declaration of Military Accountability. This Declaration of Military Accountability. Can I, can I make this bigger? Oh boy, how do I make this bigger? This? Nope. Uh, how about we just do this? Yeah, there we go. This Declaration of Military Accountability uh, is from a uh, veteran named um, Brad Miller. How do I get this off? There we go. Uh, Brad Miller, former Army veteran, um, published this on January 1, along with 230 military members, both active duty and out, uh, and out of the military. And he, he basically says, an open letter to the American people from, from signatories of the Declaration of Military Accountability. He says, then here, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. John Adams, who, which by the way, was a Bible-believing Christian who believed the gospel. Amen. Now, he, he starts out and he writes this. You just look up Declaration of Military Accountability and you'll be able to get it. He's, he's talking about his biggest one is that he wants to standing upon our natural and constitutional rights. Now, I want to bring this I want to bring the law in order to help Brad, in order to help everybody else that is going along with this. So if you care about veterans, if you care about active duty, if you don't like the uh, forced vaccinations, if you feel as I do that these people are unlawfully, uh, unlawfully compelled to take vaccines and you don't like it, this is the stream for you. So I want to draw attention to this Declaration of Military Accountability. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Because while I certainly support the effort, um, I, I, I would word it differently. Now, know, knowing what the law is, I would word it differently. But 
the idea is that he wants to stand on our natural and constitutional rights. And so by God's grace today, I will explore that. To frame this more specifically, he had a space. He did a space on Twitter that day, January 1, 2024. And on that space, lots of people, what started out as a veteran affair. Now, this is this is where I will probably, I'm going to step on toes. Brad Miller lost his career, or I, I should say he, he did not take the shot. He gave up battalion command and he got out, which means he lost his career because he wouldn't take the jab and he wouldn't compel his soldiers to take the jab. So kudos for that guy. The issue is because people don't know what the law is. They don't know how to assert their rights in the law. So whenever people come and abuse the law and violate their rights, normal people do not know how to express that. We don't know how to assert that in the law. And on that space, there was Marjorie Taylor Greene, there was General Flynn, there was also Matt Gates. Matt Gates put up a post on his congressional statement that said, and this is from January 5th, uh, Matt Gates supports anti-vax mandate declaration of military accountability in X space. Now, see, this is where, and Matt Gates is an attorney. He's he's a he's a public servant sworn to the Constitution, but he's an attorney, and he's and this is where I want to be respectful. Politically, I agree with him, but in the law, he's wrong, and he should know better because he's an attorney. But because attorneys haven't been taught what the law is, which is why we're going to lay out what the law is. This is where we need to be precise. So you, you can say, and, I, and I, I believe that Matt's motives are good for the people that were injured. But I'm concerned about the people that were injured. I'm concerned about the American people. And that's why my purpose here is to bring people the knowledge of the law. I don't care about attorneys. I don't care about the government or judges or anything. I care about the people understanding their rights and standing on their rights according to the law in such a way that nobody can argue against them. And by God's grace, that's what we're going to try to accomplish today. This morning, I asked a question on X, you can follow me there, at Jaron Jackson, where I said, do you want me to do a space on military members, present and past, can assert their rights and get remedy for forced vaccinations and or removal from active duty for refusal? I will invite Brad Miller, the guy that wrote the Declaration of Military Accountability, real Dr. Jane Ruby, who was in that space on January 1, and she had some very um, uh, she had some very terse words for Representative Matt Gates. I believe that Dr. Ruby's um, you know motives are pure, uh, but she also doesn't know the law. And because she doesn't know the law, whenever she, whenever I said I'll re I'll invite her, she responded like this. She responded thus. She said, you might want to invite expert attorneys in this area of the law who have actually gone the distance for our military like Todd Callender, former JAG David Wilson, Dale Sarin, who worked with the anthrax cases on behalf of the military. I'm not interested in anyone in Congress. They are sellouts, each and every one of them. And you can all be angry with my bluntness, but in time you'll come back and you'll tell me I was right. Politicians are not going to get you out of this for the simple reason that they got you into this. Now this is where I just disagree with, I, I agree with her that, politi that many politicians are sellouts. I agree with her that politicians and bad government has gotten us into this. I disagree with her because she doesn't know what the law is. And instead of looking what the law actually says, she's outsourced her thinking. Remember, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, 
commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. So the Bible teaches to prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. If she, and I, I'm not, I don't know her faith, and so I'm not commenting on that. But the Christian and the the biblical Christian perspective would to say, what is the law? And let's declare that whatever the law is, that's what we need to say. And if you're a Christian, if you're a member of Christ's church, the Church of Christ, and you're hearing me, this is how you should be thinking in order to bring Christ's wisdom and applying it to good government, which is what our founders did. Remember the Declaration of Military Accountability quoted John Adams, second president of the United States, who believed the gospel. And he said the Constitution was written for a moral and religious people. It was written for Christians, and Christians do what? They establish their ways based on what God says because we know the scriptures. So if you're not reading the Bible, you're not going to understand your constitution. If you don't know what the constitution says, you're going to you're going to export your thinking to attorneys. So I don't want to take the pot shot, but recognize that someone with a large following, national profile, who is known as a firebrand to get people their rights and a champion of the people, she is still outsourcing her, her authority to to attorneys i don't i don't I, we're not going to do that we are by god's grace going to stand on the law so with that let's uh go ahead and stand on the law if i were to ask you if i were to ask you what is the law about vaccinations in the military chances are the average american would say well the uniform code of military justice if they answered at all, I mean, the average American probably doesn't know that, but the average American who actually is concerned about the military and whatnot, they would probably say, oh, let me back up, let me back up. So instead of vaccines, if I just asked, what law governs the military? How about that? And maybe we'll address these other, you know, kind of proximate alternative conspiracy theories about the military's in control. What law governs the military? Someone's calling me. Yeah, someone's calling me. I'll have to call them back. What law governs the military? Now, the answer is the Constitution. But we can't just say that. We got to show it. We got to walk things through. See, the difference right now is that our bad knowledge has taught us the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, but we don't know what it says. We don't know what it is, which means we don't know how to apply it. So let me go very deliberately and I'll just say that the vaccines that are being compelled into arms of anybody, anybody, is a liberty interest. So your liberty interest is secured in the Constitution. When the Constitution, both the state constitutions and the U.S. Constitution, say that you have the right to liberty, your liberty is your freedom to choose how you live. And this, and we're going to open up the books here in a second, but this, whenever we speak about health is an issue that is individual to you. But don't let me just say that, let me get the book out. The very first thing I wanna do is I want to start, um, I wanna start with this idea of the Constitution. Let's just start with the law. Let's go to our US Constitution. And if you go to Ballotpedia, uh, you can look up the Constitution, it's right here, US Constitution. Now we wanna to go to Article One, the legislative branch. Now, your constitutions are public trusts, and if you want more information on this education, you can go to Real Dave Cares For You. He's my teacher in the law. He's my friend and brother in Christ. Dave Jose Cares For You with the number four and the letter U on Twitter. 
or X, whatever it's called. So here's Article 1, U.S. Constitution. Article 1, U.S. Constitution, Section 8. These are the granted powers of, of the U.S. Congress. So the U.S. Constitution, the U.S. Constitution grants power. Let's, let's do this explain sketch first. What I do from time to time is I do explain sketches where I tell people, I draw, I should say, I draw the explanation I draw the explanation and then that way people can see uh, what their government is because a lot of people are visual learners. So here we go. There's the piece of paper, always from scratch. Now we want to say military, oh shoot, military vaccinations, right? Military vax. Now, we always begin with God of the scriptures because he, in Genesis 1, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now he changed a new covenant called the gospel and the New Testament is the blood of the New Covenant is the only way to salvation. That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's the rock rolling to the right. So the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ physically rose from the grave, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, um, he said, all power in heaven and earth. So all power. All power in heaven and earth are given to me, therefore go. And when Jesus said go, that's a commission. Now the difference between the Great Commission and the previous Old Testament is that this commission is now proselytizing the good news of the gospel. The way that you get right with God is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now in the Old Testament, before Jesus physically rose from the grave, the God's people weren't supposed to go tell and, and spread the message. Now that we were told to go spread the message, now the people have to apply Christ's wisdom for the government of the nation, or for the the, the uh, obedience of the nations. We call this we the people. Now in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you have uh, all power in heaven and earth are given to me. Therefore go to all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands and lo I'll be with you always even until the end of the age so we are supposed to use Christ's wisdom to make the world obey him does that make sense and as we do that the, the we the people our founders were Christians and because they were Christians they understood the wisdom of Christ to apply uh, to government so because the founders were Christians they understand that the rights we have rights a definition of that is power of free action so when god gives you your rights he's giving you power of free action so when jesus says all power in heaven and earth are given to me go he's saying go use your powers of free action to do what he says in the great commission now the reason why this is important is because the founders were christian they reserved to themselves reserved they reserved to themselves their rights so these powers of free action include life, I can't spell, liberty, I should tell you, it's pretty hard to hold a camera to write and make sure that everything is still in the frame while you're, while you're writing. Life, liberty, property, and we'll just call due process, amongst others, and I'll say etc. Right, this is a P. So life, liberty, property, due process, etc. Boom, boom, boom. And then the founders, because they were Christian, they created a really big wall, right? And then they did what? They formed a constitution. Now this constitution is an express trust. 
This constitution is an express trust, and there are 51 of them. There are state constitutions and the U.S. Constitution. But every constitution has the same frame where it has the legislature, it has the, uh, what's it called, the executive, and it's got the judicial. Now, this is where I want to give a shout out to my uh, teacher, Dave Jose. And if you look him up on Twitter, it's the for you. Real Dave cares for you. Uh, this is my teacher. You can go learn the specifics from him. He's got webinars and he is my teacher. So, all right. So the founders created this constitution. It's an express trust. It's got a legislative, executive, and judicial. Now the express trust means exactly what's written is the law. And that brings us back to our constitution. Here we have in Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, the granted powers of the Congress. The Congress shall have power. Do you see that? Power. So here's the power. And then you can almost imagine there's like a, a colon right here because now they're going to list out all the powers they have. But the Constitution gives the power. Do you see that? Do you see that right here in this drawing? The Constitution gives power. That's the words, gives power. And the people gave powers to the Constitution. So the people wrote the Constitution, called an express trust, and then they gave it power to the legislature. This legislature body has what? It's got all sorts of powers, but the U.S. Congress has Article 1, Section 8, Clause, what? 13 is it? Where did I, where did I write that? It's Clause, what was it? 11 is declare war. So 11, 12, 13, 14 to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. So right there, what I say, clause 14? So U.S. Constitution, Article 1. So U.S. Constitution, Article 1, talks about the legislative powers. Section 8, clause 1. So now we'll say Section 8, clause, uh, excuse me, 14. Section 8, clause 14 is what? Rules uh, for government. Now, government is just how you organize and carry out your processes. And regulation uh, of the land and naval forces. So Section 8, Clause 14, Rules for Government and Regulation. This is where your um, UCMJ comes from. But don't just let me say that. What I want to do is I want to bring you to the very first time that uh, the Congress passed anything uh, for uh, the military. The very first time the U.S. Congress ever passed legislation, here it is, an act for establishing rules and articles for the government of the armies of the United States. Do you see how that directly comes from Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14? Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14, to make for rules and government of the land and naval forces. Here you have on April 10, 1806, April 10, 1806, an act for establishing. So to establish is to create, right? It's to lay down. It's to, it's, this is the foundation. So an act for creating the foundation, rules and articles of the government. Look at that. Rules and government. What do we got in our Constitution? We've got rules for the government. Okay, so we have the direct application of a grant of constitutional power to pass an enactment, to pass legislation. Okay, be it enacted by the Senate and House Representatives of the United States of America Congress symbol that from and after the passage of this act, the following shall be the rules 
The following shall be the rules and article by which the armies of the United States shall be governed. Now, the armies, right? This is, this is your military arm. Article 1. Every officer now in the army of the United States shall in six months from the passing of this act and every officer who shall be hereafter appointed shall be for... Now, let me stop right here because let's go back to Article uh, 2, the executive branch. So this is the U.S. Constitution. Article 2, Section 3. What we want to do in Section 3 is we want to recognize that the power of uh, the commander-in-chief has what? The, the commander-in-chief has the power, and this is... This is, so now we're talking about Article 2. Article 2 is this, the executive. The executive has the power. Uh, what's this? Uh, Article 2, Section 3, right? What's his power? What's the power of the executive? The power of the executive, he shall from time to time give Congress information to the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. He may, on extraordinary occasions, convene both houses or either of them, in and in case of disagreement between them and with respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn uh, them such time as he may shall think property. Uh, proper. Um, uh, he shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers. Now, here we go. The president, he shall take care... Right, so it's his duty. the the government the president's job. If you care for the elderly, you are at their beck and call. You are caring for them. You're wiping their bottom. You're feeding them. Same thing, babies. If you're caring for someone, you are taking care. It is your duty to what that laws be faithfully executed. Now hold on. What is the law? In the law, the Constitution is what, right? The law is what the Constitution. The law is not derived statutes. Do not miss this. So the legislature can write statutes, also called enactments. You've seen that already. And we'll look up this word right here. But legislature can write statutes and enactments. But the Constitution, the text of the Constitution, grants power to the executive branch. In this, in this case, called POTUS, President of the United States. So the President of the United States, Article 2, Section 3, I should have said Clause 3, gives him what? Gives him what power? First of all, he has care uh, that the laws are faithfully executed. Care that laws executed. But it doesn't just say executed. It says faithfully executed. Faithfully executed. Now, if you don't believe me that the founders weren't Christian, they literally just said faithfully executed in the law. Do you understand what this means? This is trust language. This is language that gives a duty, not just a duty to care, but an obligation that you do it despite what the circumstances look like. If the Bible says uh, the righteous shall uh, live by faith and not by sight, we walk by faith and not by sight, you are faithfully executing the laws regardless of what the political uh, uh, ideas of the day are. So I don't care if the whole entire of the population says, well, we can jab people's arms because COVID's going to kill everybody. I do not care. And more importantly, the law does not care if all of the whole nation and the media and the corporations and the globalists, if they all say you got to jab these people, the care of the laws are faithfully executed is trust language that you have to obey despite what the circumstances and the environment of the day look like. 
So if literally everybody was saying, jab those soldiers and give them a vaccine, the text of the law says that the POTUS has to faithfully execute the laws. But that's not what I was going for. What I was going for was this. And shall commission all the officers of the United States. Now, to our explain sketch here for military vaccinations, what does what is this called? The Great Commission. Well, who gives commissions? People that can grant authority. So if the uh, executive can give a commission, right? He can commission, commission officers. If the officers receive their commission from the POTUS, this guy, POTUS, was given power by the Constitution. The Constitution was written and given power by the people. So the people wrote the Constitution. They put power in it. They reserved their rights to include liberty. And this liberty is your health. We'll get to that in a second. We'll define this word. So we'll define health, but liberty is your health. So your rights are reserved. This constitution has power. And then from this, it creates the legislature, which can write uh, uh, rules for government and regulation. And it writes, uh, it creates the executive. It gives the president, Article 2, Section 3, Clause 3. He has to faithfully execute the laws, but he can also commission officers in the military. He can commission uh, all the officers of the United States. So it's not just the military. It's, you know, all, all sorts of officers. Any officer that's there, he can appoint. Now, let's go back to Article 1, Section 8. And we want to go back to the granted powers of Congress. So we go to Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14. To make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. Does that make sense? And then we go to this. This is what? An act for establishing the rules and articles for the government of the armies of the United States. This is April 10, 1806. This is the very first time that um, the, um, this is the, so, so you, you see this footnote. The rules establishing articles for the government of the army of the United States. An act for better organizing the troops of the United States and for other purposes. Right? So this is an act establishing the rules and regulations for the, uh, the armies. It says what? Every officer, and that comes from what? Article 2, excuse me. Yeah, that comes from what? Article 2. Every officer, this is officer. Every officer is Article 2, Section 3, Clause 3. Okay, so that's where the power comes from. Now and in the army, they've got, a, they've got to, um, every officer who shall hereafter be appointed shall, before he enters the office of his duties, subscribe these rules and regulations. Now, stop. Let's bring the, your eyes up. Let's look up the word subscribe. So when the law, when this statute says subscribe, what does subscribe mean? This is why we look up the word subscribe. I've got my Black's Law fourth, and I'm going to look up subscribe. So now we look up subscribe. Subscribe, literally, to write underneath as one's own name. Sub, under, scrabier, to write, or to write below a documentary statement, and in its popular meaning is usually limited to a signature at the end of a printed or written instrument, right? Also to, to agree in writing to furnish money or its equivalent. So you're writing something, it's written. You're literally signing your name. You're literally signing your name. So these people are literally signing their name to what? Article two, look at this. It is earnestly recommended to all officers and soldiers. So recommended, but not mandated. To diligently attend divine service. 
This is the U.S. Congress passing legislation for the rules and regulations and the government of the military and land forces. And it's telling you to go to church. It's telling you to attend worship services. That should tell you what the original grant, right? With the original grant to make rules and regulation for the land and naval forces, the original grant in the Constitution is tracking to, hey, guys, go, go worship. And all officers who shall behave indecently or irreverently at any place of divine worship shall be commissioned officers be brought before a general courts martial. You can go to courts martial for not going to church. I had a um, a guy today uh, tell me, uh, well, let, let me just let me just look this up. Let me just look this up. Let me do Twitter. If I do Twitter, and I go to my stuff, and I go to um, replies. I told some guy, I told some, uh, where did I tell him? Um, oh, shoot. I forget where I told him. But basically, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. So this guy, so Jordan Carr's uh, tweeting this guy, and this guy is what? Uh, wow, because someone has a hobby you don't like, you're just going to poop all over their service to the cut. Oh, you guys can't see this, hold on. So, wow, because someone has a hobby, you're going to poop all over. This guy dresses up like a like a freaking animal, and he's married to a dude, so he's a fornicator. So, um, he goes, fascinating. Or so, uh, so, she says, grown men having a hobby where they pretend furry little creatures, uh, which is a concern for preparing for war, thinking for service, but this is not should not be allowed in uniform. It's a disgrace to the uniform. So, this is, so I agree, but notice that she's not actually making an argument in the law. She's giving an opinion, right? A disgrace is a, is a subjective judgment. So, then I say, don't tell him. Don't tell him his oath that obligates him to the fundamental law in America, which includes the maxim, the purpose of government is to hold that preserve liberty, secure rights, and uphold the law of God. The fornicator violates his oath by personal conduct to the detriment of the public welfare. Right? Then he comes back. Where does that? Fascinating. Which law do I fail to uphold for cosplaying a fictional character? Also, fornicator. Really? This isn't 1875, and I'm not married to the dumbest thing I've heard uh, in a while. Okay. So all this other kind of stuff. And then I go back and I said, it's a maxim of law. The Christian religion is part of the common law. And if you swore an oath to the Constitution. So basically, that's that's my point, is that you go back to the fundamental law. I knew, he doesn't, but I knew, the original legislative intent for the rules and government of the military is that it is earnestly recommended that they attend divine service. And they don't just attend a divine service, but if they, if they are indecent or irreverent, they can go before a general courts martial. That's, that's the morality of America. That's the law. That's what our Constitution enshrines. Now, uh, it goes on to talk about contemptuous or disrespectful words against the president of any of these other things. Um, it, it talks about courts martial. It talks about all, all these other things. But notice it says any officer or, any officer or soldier. Any officer or soldier speaking to mutiny, speaking about going up against this type of stuff. Right? It speaks about this. But in this, you need to understand there is, where was it? See if I can find it. Um, uh, what we're looking for. So here's your oath. I do solemnly swear. It tells you what your oath is. You have to take it before a magistrate. Um, so it tells you how the, the court certificates and how the processes are. Right? Um, 
so so it's talking about uh, forming. You have to go to formation and how you violate that. Uh, how you have to be. Um, you know, given the certificate, so there's accountability measures. That's why you go to formation in the morning. They used to call it muster. Um, so any officer, um, uh, so here it is. I mean, you should presume a muster as a person. To, any officer who shall presume to muster a person as a soldier who is not a soldier shall be deemed guilty of having made a false muster and shall suffer accordingly. So this right here is talking about how the military can't presume. Look at that. Presume. Any officer who presumes to muster a person as a soldier. So the military can't presume that it has authority over you. I mean, like, I, I hope that, I hope you see that. I hope you can see that this saying, anyone who shall presume to muster a person as a soldier means you can't muster, you, you can't force somebody into a military formation who is not a soldier, which tells you that there's two separate jurisdictions, which identifies that there are multiple jurisdictions, which necessitates that you identify the correct jurisdiction to apply this law. I, I hope that makes sense. If that doesn't make sense, play that in a loop like 15 times. But it goes on to talk about how um, you know there's absence of leave, punishment for neglect. There's all sorts of other other ideas. Now, what I want to get to: uh, challenge of fighting, uh, quarrels and defrays, settlers. There's also so basically this is the conduct, uh, you know, like the Constitution says. There is nowhere. My point for showing this: there is nowhere in this uh, legislation. There is nowhere in this legislation that goes against your secured rights. See, it talks about the behavior, talks about the behavior, how you speak, how you behave, how you do all of that stuff. Forcing a safeguard, right? It, it does not, it does not speak about violating your rights. Now, this is where, because we don't know the law, it talks about the proceedings of court-martial. Because people do not know, um, because people do not know their rights, they don't know how to assert their rights in the law, right? Because they don't understand that just because you let me, let me be let me be more direct. When you swear to the Constitution, now you are subjected to the Constitution and the laws made in pursuance to the Constitution. But the rights that are reserved out of the Constitution, so they're accepted from the general powers of government. This is like a Heisman Trophy. Here is your rights. You've got them and you're stiff arming. The government can't touch it. You're accepting. You're reserving your rights from government. You do not give up your secured rights, your reserved rights, when you swear an oath to the Constitution. Unless it follows the law that's made in pursuance to it. Nowhere in this legislation, and I argue nowhere else after any legislation. This is, this is why you ask for the constitutional provision for the government to do what it's doing. And I'm going to help you walk through that. So in this original legislative intent, going all the way back to um, uh, you know creating rules... Um, creating rules and regulations for the military there's nothing in there about um 
compelled vaccinations. There's nothing in there about compelling health. Now, we're, we're, I'm about to jump into this. So all I want to do is establish, all, all I'm trying to do with this, I'm just trying to establish the fact that the original legislative intent does not include, it does not include the power given to the, um, uh, it, 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 it does not include the power from the legislature to rules uh, and, and regulations over your private health. It does not exist. It does not exist. Okay, so whenever the art, the the Constitution secures your right to liberty, your right to liberty cannot be trespassed. It can't be trespassed just because there is a statute provision. Right. So uh, let me see. Um, so okay, it voids out all the others. Talks about crimes, talks about ranks. So there's no provision. And, and this is this is where this is where you have to kind of this is where you have to read with an idea that understand this is where you have to read, kind of like what we we're talking about with Proverbs. This is where you have to read. Sorry, let me do this. This is where you have to read, showing you my behind the scenes. This is where you have to read with a mind that has the frame of government. You have to read things from this because all statutes have to be read in context of the Constitution. So if the Constitution reserves your right to liberty, which is health, and we're about to see that, if the Constitution reserves your right to, uh, to liberty, the legislature can't write a statute that goes against your rights. So whenever the legislature writes a statute that conforms to the rules for government and regulation, understand that the rules and regulation was about the behavior and never, never about the, the, the right of conscience, the right of health. This is why whenever people do religious exemptions, it's a hoax. Whenever you do a religious exemption, what are you really doing? When you uh, religious hoax, <laughs> see it's hard. Religious exemption is a hoax because it presumes that you have to say I'm opting out. Uh, so so let's let's say here, let's say religion, right? Because you saw the statute, you saw the statute said. What did the statute say? The statute said up at the top, earnestly. Uh, what earnestly? earnestly uh, recommended, not mandated. Do you know why they can't mandate it? The legislature can't mandate it because your right to assemble and your right to religious conscience are reserved rights. So the constitution from the legislature that passed the statute for rules of government and regulation cannot, cannot command you to attend church. Can't do it. That's why it's earnestly recommended. Do you see that? Do you see also that the value of attending worship services was more important because it's earlier in the act? It's more important than all this other stuff. And look at this. I mean, it's, it's, it is a reading of mine to say that, well, whatever, whatever first is most important. But understand this. Back in the day, you know, 1806, right after the founding of the nation, it's telling you what, what they're going to do. You're going to subscribe to this. 
And it's earnestly recommended, but we can't compel you. Why can't we compel you? Because your right to a religion and your right to a symbol is reserved, which means the Constitution, the legislature, the executive, the judicial cannot go against these. Not unless there is a court of record. In order for anything here to penetrate this wall, you have to have a court of record. The court of record is the only way that you break this wall because this is the jurisdictional boundary between private and public. So because you are private and you've got your health, which is a private issue, the court of record is the only way that anything can come from the public to break through and get into the private, right? And this is where you need to go learn from Dave Jose. Because this is what, you know, this, this is the frame. Now, the issue, the issue is that if a legislature writes a statute, if a legislature writes, writes a statute and uh, someone says, well, you have to fill out this religious exemption, what did you just do? What you just did was you then said, well, I've got the right to religion and therefore I can get out of this statute. But the problem there is it presumes that the statute requires you to file the exemption. When the law says that the statute can't go against your right to religion. So any statute that goes against your right to religion is automatically void. It's void on its face. And there's ways, there is remedy to, to use. This is why we send as people... This is why we send, and this is what Dave teaches, this is why we send notice and affidavit directly to government because that's how you apply your rights. When you send notice and affidavit into government, you're telling them this stuff is void based on what the law is. But no attorneys teach you this because attorneys come from law school and law schools teach statutes, rules, and case law. This is why when Dr. Jane Ruby, and I'm not trying to pick a fight, but when she says, you wanna actually get expert attorneys, why do I wanna get expert attorneys whenever I know what my rights are? If you know what your rights are, you can send notice and affidavit by right. You don't need law school trained attorneys who generate attorneys, right? That does what? money. Attorneys are going to argue statutes, rules, and case law for money. So whenever you have an attorney, you're actually arguing downstream from here. So he's going to be actually arguing some other statute. We'll just say other statute. And this is what he's taught. This is what your, this is what your attorneys are arguing because this is what they're taught. Attorneys aren't taught this because if you do this, there's no this for these people. If you send notice and affidavit of your rights into government, which you have the right to do, that's called the right of uh, petition or remonstrance. You also have the right to instruct. Right? So if you've got the right to petition, remonstrance, and instruct, you can send notice and affidavit to anybody in government by right. And that's what the Constitution secures. So if the Constitution secures your rights to send notice and affidavit into the government, why would you ever pay this guy 
in order to argue derivative powers that actually on their face are void because they presume that you have to go fill out some stupid exemption to to reserve what we already reserved to ourselves that we got from Jesus. That don't make sense. That's stupid. That's fake. This, this is why people are oppressed. This is why there's people say, you better go get the attorneys. You better go get these expert attorneys. Why? These expert attorneys argue statutes and rules and case law. They don't argue the Constitution. And because they don't argue the Constitution, this is where people get hemmed up. But don't just take my word for it. Let's go further. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you what case law uh, these people use in order to force jabs down people's arms, they would use, or you might answer, Jacobson versus Massachusetts 11, uh, 1905. Jacobson, Massachusetts versus 1905. This is, and you can even say here, I'll, I'll just say a couple things. This has here case commentary. Right? Since Harlan sought to balance the police power of the state with individual liberties, that's really you know an issue at stake. Later judges would refer to his opinion to support either side of the debate. The Supreme Court has continued to follow his reasoning. This case became more prominent during the COVID-19 era when it has been used to support shelter-in-place orders and mask mandates. The Supreme Court also denied an injunction to plaintiffs who were seeking to block a vaccine mandate for healthcare workers in Maine. All right, so this has incredible import on this issue. But before we go to this issue, let's look up more words. The next word I want to look up is code as in the code or the united states code of military justice the ucmj we're going to look up a code when we look up the word code we're going to look up this handy dandy where is my pen military taught me never to point without a pen so there's the this code a collection compendium revision of laws right uh, a complete system of positive law. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's cool. Uh, positive law, scientifically arranged and promulgated by legislative authority. Legislative authority. Legislative authority. What is not legislative authority? Your rights. So a code is derivative from the legislature. It's like a statute. We'll put it in the same ballpark. Code. So code is from legislative authority, not from constitutional authority, and not from your rights. So codes do not come from Christ. Codes come from politicians. Get that? All right, so when we look at this code, we're looking at this and we say, look at this. A code implies compilation of existing laws, systematic arrangement into chapters, subheads, titles, contents, and indexes, and revision to harmonize conflicts, supply omissions, and generally clarify and make complete body of laws designed to regulate completely subjects to which they relate. So it's a bunch of crap, right? It's just a bunch of codes. It's just a collection of laws. So when you say the uniform code of military justice, it's literally what? What's uniform mean? To harmonize. You're the same. You're the same across the whole thing. So the Uniform Code of Military Justice is about how you get justice in the military. Now, let's look up, what's it uh, called? What's the next word? Let me put this over here. I wanna do statute. Now we're gonna look up statute. The reason why this is important is because words matter. 
If you do not hone in and look at the definitions of words, you will get destroyed, which is why all these people took shots. They don't know the law, they took shots, and they didn't stand on their rights. Black's Law 4th, statute. An act of the legislature. Stop. What was an act of the legislature? A statute. A statute is an act of the legislature. The legislature is not the Constitution. The Constitution is an express trust written by the people. So what the legislature does is not what the common law is. Okay, let's keep going. So it's an act of the legislature declaring, commanding, or prohibiting something. So if you are under the jurisdiction of the Constitution, you follow legislative statutes or legislative provisions. A particular law, ooh, particular law, enacted and established by the will of the legislature department of government. So if something, get this, if the Constitution reserves rights, now let's, let's, just, let's just look at that real fast. Let's just look at that. I want to go back to the Constitution. I want to go back to the U.S. Constitution, and we'll go back down to our Bill of Rights. Bill of Rights. Bill of Rights, Amendment 5. You're not deprived life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. There you go. There's your liberty right there. Remember that, liberty. So if you can't be deprived your liberty without the due process of law, there's going to be a law for how to deprive your liberty. Okay? But your liberty must be applied and must be deprived by, or excuse me, it should be uh, tried by a court of record. That's a webinar of Dave's. You need to go look it up because I'm not going to tell you what else. So go look up Dave Jose's uh, webinar. Uh, on court of record. So here you've got, uh, what's it called? Come on camera. Um, by the will of the legislative department of government, the written will of the legislature solemnly expressed according to the for forms necessary to constitute it in the law of the state. Okay. So if we're looking at this, it's designated the written law in contradistinction of the unwritten law. So you're writing it down. Remember where we said um, you have to write down what you said, like you had to subscribe to it. You had to subscribe to the public statute. Um, did I want anything else? No, that's it. So it's basically, it's a written law. It's a written law, but it's from the legislature, right? It's from the legislative department of government. So because it's a written law, it is derivative. It is downstream from the, um, so it's a statute is downstream from the constitution. The statute is not the constitution. The constitution is not the statute. Does that make sense? So this is statute, this is law. When people twist words and conflate the meaning of law to, to mean statute, what they're doing is gaslighting you and distracting you from this. They're distracting you from what the frame of government is. And they do that, one, for money, but two, so they can oppress you and crush you. Okay, so this is what's going on. Now, what's the next word I want to do? The next word I want to do is health. Let's go to health. What's this? Right? Oh, no, no, let's, let's do right. Let's do right. Let's do right. So the next word I want to do is right. Remember on the explain sketch? Remember on the explain sketch where I said rights equals power of free action? Here's right. Black's Law 4th. Right? Where are you at? Come on now. Powers of free action. Rights are defined generally as powers of free action. See that? Powers of free action. What does that mean? means when Jesus says go, he's telling you how to use what you are free to use. So now we need, and that's why you need to uh, read the Bible and know what he wants. So now remember the, the DMA that Brad uh, wrote, if we go back to that, where are you at? 
let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. Nope. Uh, this. He says, standing upon our natural and constitutional rights. So let's just look those up. Here is right. Oh, come on, camera. This does it to me all the time. Natural. Oh, shoot. It does it again. Natural rights. Natural rights are those which grow out of the nature of man and depend upon personality as distinguished, which means separate and not the same, from such as are created by law and depend on civilized society. So before the legislature writes anything, you have natural rights. These are your life to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. This is why they wrote what they wrote. Okay. Uh, so those are your natural, natural rights. See, uh, by fair deduction from the present physical, moral, social, and religious characteristics of man. Religious characteristics of man. This is why the legislature cannot write in that rules and regulations of government that they can't compel your attendance to church. This is why they also gaslight you by saying you have to fill out a religious exemption. Because once you start saying, hey, I want to be exempt from this because of my religion, it presumes the fact that if you don't uh, ask for the exemption, that you have to be compelled despite your religion. When the truth of it is, your natural right is the thing that no legislature and no uh, rule or statute can go against. See, they've inverted it. They've inverted it and said, well, let me, let me see if I can draw that. So you've got a right. Let's say, here's God. And I don't want to insult, but God makes man. And man has rights because God is good. And because God is good, then when man makes government, which is just nothing more than a creation from his brain, remember Proverbs 16, 1 through 3, uh, establish all your ways on the Lord, government is then going to write statute. So how can a statute tell you, take the shot how can a statute tell you to take the shot when God gave you the right and liberty and health is there how can God give you the right to your liberty which includes your private health decisions but then you create something called government which then creates a statute that then tells you to take a shot and this statute says uh, unless file exemption unless you follow unless you file an exemption unless you file an exemption you have to take the shot do you see how they're now taking this what god gives you and making it subordinate to this so you saying unless you, well shoot my camera's doing bad so unless you file an exemption you have to take the shot but that's saying that, well, hold on, I don't have to take the shot because the statute says I can file an exemption. No, that's actually taking your rights and subjecting it to the statute. You should instead say, because my liberty, because my private health is a liberty, is my liberty interest, it is not the government's liberty interest, which means the government can't write any statute telling me to take a shot because if it does, it actually dissolves the government and goes against the way that we said to set up. This is what this means. This is not taught because lawyers make money. So now we're going to go to our rights. Now I say that, and my dad was a lawyer. My dad is in heaven because he believed the gospel. So I'm not bashing on attorneys. They just don't know the law. If they want to learn the law and humble themselves to know what's written, amen. I'll work with them. But if they're going to stand on stupidity and, and, and vouch for uh, viciousness, 
I'm not about that. We're going to crush. So there's natural rights, but then Brad also wrote what? Constitutional rights. Where are you at, constitutional right? Is that forward? So here we are. Um, constitutional rights. There's a, there's a classic cl classification of rights with respect to the Constitution of Civil Society. Now understand, if you have a constitution, you have a society. Societies are voluntary. So if you enter into a society, you are voluntarily associating according to the terms of the Constitution. Thus, according to Blackstone, which is William Blackstone, which is the guy that wrote the book on um, common law, the rights of persons considered in their natural capacities are of two sorts, absolute and relative. Absolute, which are as such pertain as belong to a particular man, is your health, is your health, an absolute right? Remember, Blackstone said what? There's absolute rights and relative rights. Right? You just saw it. Absolute rights, right? Absolute and relative. Absolute, which are such as as pertain, as appertain and belong to particular men, merely as individuals or single persons. That's me relative which are incident to them as members of society so a relative right would be like voting because that is only a specific class of people as members of society an absolute right is your health you can't make me take a freaking shot because it's my absolute right to health now let's look up uh health let's look up health and you'll see it written in the book, health. Uh, and if, if this is blessing you, helping you, or educating you, feel free to go to one of the links in the description below to help me out. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do this for free, giving this away, communicating what I do as a ministry to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because I want Christians to know their duty, which is to um, bring God's wisdom to the world as the Great Commission commands. Um, and then HumbleWB.Coffee, a benefit of membership, delicious air-roasted coffee directly to your door at the description, uh, the link in the description below. The benefit is that I mail Bibles around the country. So the benefit is that you, or excuse me, the, the mission is to mail Bibles around the nation. And if you join, the benefit is that you get delicious air-roasted coffee delivered right to your door. It's amazing. Um, health. State of being, hey, oh, come on now. State of being hale, sound, and whole in body, mind, or soul well-being. Freedom from pain or sickness, the most perfect state of animal life. Not synonymous with sanitation. There, That's the issue. Not synonymous with sanitation. The right to the enjoyment of health is a subdivision of the right of personal security. You just saw that absolute rights as pertain to individuals and their personal security. One of the absolute rights of persons. Boom. Health. Health. What? Come on, camera. One of the absolute rights of persons. There's your answer. You have an absolute right to health. So when the Constitution tells you that you have the right to liberty... You have an absolute right. There it is in, re in writing. Absolute, one of the absolute rights of persons. Now, where the government's going to get you is the government's going to say public health, one of the objects, not rights, of the police power of the state. Now, what did we say? 
The state is public. You are private. So the police powers are public. They are not private. So the public powers involve what? They involve um, the public health means the prevailing healthful or sanitary condition of the general body of people, which is not the same thing as an individual. General body of people is not me as an individual. So if the general body of people is like the thousand people at a football game, that's not me at the football game. I am me and us is we. Those two things are distinct. And if the government, which has a duty for public health, can only regulate that which is in the public. So if you tell me that I have COVID-19 and I show no symptoms of COVID-19, there's no public health issue. No public health issue. What you're doing is you're now breaching the trust and you're invading an absolute right of the persons. Right? And the absence of any general or widespread disease or cause of mortality. Widespread disease, which means there's evidence of the disease. A cough, blood, you know, you're tilted over and you're just like throwing up. You've got uh, you've got observable um, uh, you've got observable what's it called? Symptoms. If you don't have any observable symptoms, how is it a public health issue? This is how they got COVID-19 rammed through. They said that, well, it could be blatant in you for two weeks, and that's a public health issue. This is why they jabbed stuff up your nose. This is why they swabbed. This is why they tested. This is why they did this, because what they did, without any actual evidence of widespread disease, they created a fake version of evidence by swabbing your nose and saying, oh, yeah, you guys got COVID. You guys got to put a mask on. You guys got can't do stuff for two weeks. This is how they did it. This is exactly how they did it. The wholesome sanitary condition of the community at large because they were treating the public health issue as an issue of sanitation and not health. That right there. I literally, right there, just just by showing the book, just by showing the words, that is right there like a bazillion dollars. Okay, so now let's face the uh, Jacobson case. This is what the godless commies will use This is what all the uh, attorneys and people will use as the Supreme Court's ability to make you do stuff or the government's ability to make you wear a mask. Um, This is what they're going to use. And you see right here the case commentary. I implore you to never read this crap. Don't ever read this stuff. Don't read the annotation. That just means they're shortcutting. This means gaslighting. Annotation is them gaslighting you. Primary holding, this is what attorneys get taught. The primary holding is what attorneys get taught. Now, this is what they're going to be taught. I'll show you right here. The attorneys in law school get taught what? We just showed. Where's my camera? Uh, We just showed attorneys in law school get taught statutes, rules, and case law. When you see case law, there's always going to be something called a holding. The holding is usually like the last sentence. It's like the, the, uh, what's it called? Um, The cliff notes. It's like the cliff notes of of the case. So if you were to read the Bible and I say, what's the cliff notes? It's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all shall believe shall have everlasting life. Like, like That's the holding of the Bible. Here's the path to salvation. It's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the holding of the Bible. But you miss everything else in the Bible. So when you say case law, they're going to rest on holding. They're not actually going to read the case. And I'll prove it to you. What they do with Jacobson is they're going to say what? What does the Jacobson holding say? A state may enact a compulsory vaccination law. Stop. 
This right here is the bad education of attorneys and why the American people were compelled and our military men and women were compelled to take a vaccine. That right there. This right here is what they were doing. Since the legislature has the discretion to decide whether vaccination is the best way to prevent smallpox and protect public health. I just read to you, health is an absolute right which means it can't be violated by the government. But here, the, the Jacobson, Massachusetts, 1905, is telling you that it's about public health. Not your private health, your public health. And it talks about the best way to prevent smallpox, which is not actually about the fact that there is smallpox. Do you see that? It's talking about the idea that the legislature can say, we want to prevent something. And so they have what? They've got the discretion to decide how to prevent. But that is not the same thing as do they have the ability to compel. See, they may enact a compulsory vaccination law. That doesn't mean that all vaccination laws are lawful. Just because they can enact a vaccination law doesn't mean that, they, uh, doesn't mean that the vaccination law is lawful. This is where they twist words. Now, just walk through this. A state, we've looked up in the immigration series, the links are in the description below, what the definition of state is. Go back and find that out. So they can enact, which is no longer the common law, which is a statute, which cannot derogate the common law, a compulsory, which means by force, which means you have to be subjected to the jurisdiction of the statute. How are you subjected to the jurisdiction of the statute? Well, if you're sworn to the Constitution. So now this might apply, this may apply to the U.S. military, but this is why we don't just stop here. Because if the legislature can do this, if it can compel a vaccination law, but then it can do what? It can exempt people. How can the legislature on one hand compel a vaccine and on another hand exempt people from the vaccine? How do they do this? They do this because this isn't actually what the case says. This is a shortcut. This is like saying John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept and you thinking that you know the scriptures. Of course I know the scriptures. Of course I know the, the, the path to salvation. Of course I know the pattern and the law of the church. No, you don't. You know one verse and you don't even know the context. You ain't a Christian. You don't know the Bible. This is what attorneys will do. They'll look at this and say, well, the primary holding of Jacobson, this is what, uh, what's his face? Dershowitz. Dershowitz will say, a state may enact a compulsory vaccination law. And because we don't know the law, we're, sh we're, we're shut up. Because we don't know what the actual case says, and we don't know the law, we will hear that and say, oh, well, I, I guess I can. You can't do this. I got my rights. Well, the Jacobson case says a state can uh, enact a compulsory vaccination law. Well, but the Supreme... So the Supreme Court said that? Oh, man. And this is where we get destroyed. This is where we get destroyed. So let's go out to the actual case and what it says. The actual case. The United States does not derive any of its substantive powers. Okay, so stop. This means that the United States does derive powers from somewhere. Right? So the United States does not derive any of its substantive powers from the preamble of the Constitution. Just take that on its face. The United States does derive powers from somewhere. But this statement is saying it doesn't get it from the preamble of the Constitution. See, Jacobson was arguing against Massachusetts that he doesn't have to do it because of what the words in the preamble said. 
He didn't actually argue what the Constitution said. He argued what the preamble said. And by arguing the preamble, he's not talking about substantive powers. He's not talking about, let me get this. He's not talking about the frame of the government, Article 8, Clause 14, right? Or section 1, Article 1, excuse me. Article 1, I wrote that down. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14, Rules and Government Regulation. He's arguing the preamble of the Constitution. Well, the preamble of the Constitution doesn't do anything but tell you the purpose of the Constitution. So if the preamble equals purpose. So the preamble doesn't actually grant any powers. It just tells you what those powers are granted for. So if the powers are granted for something, is not the same thing as telling them they don't have the power to do what it is that they're doing, which is exactly what Jacobson's doing. Jacobson is making the argument from the preamble. Life, liberty, pursuit, happiness. How much time have you seen that? It cannot exert what cannot exert? The United States. Uh, so it cannot exert any power to secure the declared objects of the Constitution, which means there are declared objects in the Constitution, and that the what? The government cannot exert any power, which is a way of saying that there is permissions and authorities of saying that there is a way to exert power. Does, does that make sense? Like you have to understand what whatever statement is being made, it's also making the contrary. So if it says it cannot exert any power, that is a way of saying that there is a way to exert power. That's what the Constitution does. The Constitution says, here's how the government exerts power. And then it does what? To secure the declared objects of the Constitution. Unless, which makes the uh, exception, apart from the preamble, such power be found in. The reason why I took you to the Constitution and you've got way more powers and you've got way more liberties in your state constitutions. But the reason why I took you to the Constitution and I showed you where the powers were granted is because Jacobson says it can't do anything. The government cannot exert any power unless it can be found in or properly implied from some express delegation in the instrument. What did it just say? It just said nothing in the government can do anything unless it can find expressed, written, expressed trust in the instrument, the Constitution. The legislature can't do something unless it can't find its granted powers in the Constitution. The executive can't do something unless it finds its granted powers in the Constitution. The judiciary can't do anything unless it finds its, its granted powers in the Constitution. That's what Jacobson is saying. But let's go deeper. This is saying, while the spirit of the Constitution is to be respected, not less than its letter, the spirit is to be collected chiefly from its words. This means that the law is what is written and not what is implied. Okay, so now we say, while the exclusion of, um, now here's what I want to say. Uh, okay, here we go. The police power of the state embraces such reasonable regulations. So we're now not talking about the law. We're talking about der uh, derivated uh, statutory provisions relating to matters completely within its territory. So this is talking about a state which is not the United States. The United States is not the physical state of Mexi uh, New Mexico or Oklahoma or Texas, right? and not affecting the people of the other states, established directly by legislative enactment, as will protect the public health and safety. So the guy, Jacobson, Jacobson did not argue his private health. He argued against a state statute which granted the presumption of public health and safety. 
Okay. Now this is this is where we kill the uh, vaccine mandates. The police power of a state embrace. Uh, I just did that. While a local regulation, even if based on the acknowledged police power of a state, it must what must always yield in case of conflict. Conflict with the exercise by the general government of any power it possesses under the Constitution. So if the Constitution has a uh, an expressed, has a written power, and there is a conflict, which means you have to fight, you have to tell them, this is why, this is why my teacher, Dave Jose, says this is why we send notice and affidavit. This is for what? Controversy. We want that fight. We want the law expressed. Sending notice and affidavit to the government is creating the controversy. We want the controversy because we're going to bring exactly what's written in the law against whoever is breaking it. Whoever is going against what's written in the Constitution, we are going to send notice and affidavit to get the controversy to smash them. And Jacobson is telling you that. When Jacobson says you have to have a case of conflict, the mode or manner of exercising its police power is wholly within the discretion, which means it's ambiguous, which means it's a, a, a decision of the state, so long as the Constitution of the United States is not contravened. So if you go against the Constitution, this discretion no longer exists. And notice, first of all, that this is Massachusetts and not the federal government. So it's not the federal government, it's the state, which is Massachusetts, against one of its persons, Jacobson. So what attorneys will do is they'll say that this case law is for everything that we can make you take a jab. No, you can't. This is for a state that had its public health statute challenged by the preamble of the Constitution. The preamble of the Constitution challenged the public police power of a state regarding public health and safety. What did not happen was Jacobson did not have a case of conflict by any right granted or secured thereby is not infringed. Jacobson did not tell you what his rights were and he did not tell you that they were being violated. The reason why we give notice and affidavit is to tell people in government that our rights are being violated. We want the controversy. We want the fight. This is what we want. We want controversy in the law. Controversy in the law from people is what our rights are. The Constitution has to secure these rights. Health is a absolute right that is not inside the public police power and it's not in the public health we're not talking about sanitation we're talking about the fact that you're putting your mrna altering genetic bioweapon material in my body and you're doing it as an act of the state against my secured absolute private right to health and if you don't actually give notice and affidavit declaring what the law is, you don't get the controversy, which means there is no remedy. This is why when people say, well, we have to, we have to go to attorneys, you might want to invite expert attorneys. Why are we going to invite expert attorneys 
when the attorneys are going to argue the stupid freaking case law, which really only argues the holdings, and they don't even actually know what the laws themselves say. When the laws actually say, you have like if you're claiming a right, right? If you're claiming that your right was infringed, it can't be arbitrary or, or oppressive manner so as to justify the interference of the courts to prevent wrong or oppression. You cannot infringe on guaranteed rights. If you infringe on guaranteed rights, it's over. Now look at this, look at this. The liberty secured by the Constitution of the United States does not import an absolute right in each person to be at all times and in all circumstances wholly freed from restraint. Stop, break that down. Now understand, understand, this statement right here, the fact that you cannot just do whatever you want, that's what they're saying, which is true. But just because you don't, just because there are times when you can be restrained does not mean and is not the same thing as you are being vaccinated for public health and safety. This is the word game. This is the lack of precision and where these attorneys railroad you. So you will read this, and by the which way, it goes on to make the point. It says, the liberty secured by the Constitution, which isn't that what we just said? Isn't that what we just showed? Liberty secured by the Constitution, reserved, so it's secured by the Constitution, okay? The liberty secured by the Constitution of the United States does not import an absolute right Okay, so we read what absolute rights were. Absolute rights are for the individuals, right? The individual man or woman. In each person to be at all times. So this is saying that the Constitution doesn't say that you can absolutely do everything you want at all times. The Constitution does not grant that. And it doesn't. And in all circumstances, wholly freed from restraint. Of course we don't have uh, the ability to do whatever we want whenever we want because that's not actually what liberty is. The liberty secured in the Constitution is your freedom to choose what you may do according to the law. This is the common law, which comes from the Bible. So if you don't know what the Bible says, you're not going to understand what the common law is. So you can't just do whatever you want because the Bible says to flee fornication. Right? The, the Bible says, to, uh, to, to thou shalt not lie. So we're not actually going to go against the common law, which is what this guy is saying. He's just not saying it in a very specific way. He's, he's speaking around it, not to it. Right? Nor is it an element in such liberty that one person or a minority of persons residing in any community and enjoying the benefits of its local government local government, not the U.S. Army, local government should have power to dominate the majority when supported in their action by the authority of the state. So just because there are people acting at the local government doesn't mean that they can dominate the majority. Now, what does this mean in this case? In this case, he's saying that Massachusetts... And the people in Massachusetts that want people vaccinated for smallpox can't compel it on everybody just because they are the ones that are supported in action by the state. Just because the people want something doesn't mean that, that it, it, it makes it lawful. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean that it's lawful for you to do something. Now he goes on. 
It is within the police power of a state to enact a compulsory vaccination law. That's where they get the, the case holding. And it is for the legislature and not for the courts to determine. So think about this. The police power of the state. You'd have to look into that. That's another discussion. That's a webinar that uh, Dave gives. So you can look into that. But the state, we've defined that in the immigration series. It's the people. So the police power of the people are for what? The public. That's what this guy's not saying. This judge from, from SCOTUS... SCOTUS is saying that the public police power. How, we, how do we know this? Because we are a constitutional republic. Republic breaks down into res publica. Thing public. Thing public. The republic is the public. So the constitution is for things in the public, not for things in the private. So when this guy says, it is within, oh shoot, is within the police power of a state, he's talking about the public, which is public health and safety. It's not private. To act, enact a compulsory vaccination law. Now, this, mean, this, this does not mean that they can just vaccinate everybody. That is how your ears read it, and that is how he's intending it to come off, because if he actually tells the truth and he says... Uh, you've got the private right to health, which is an absolute right. But better say this. How does an absolute right of health, which you saw in the dictionary, how does an absolute right to health exist if the legislature can make a compulsory, if it can make a compulsory vaccination law? How does that happen? Doesn't that seem at odds with itself? Until you understand that there is such a thing as a public public and private. Until you understand what the jurisdictions are of these statutes. And these statutes is what Jacobson's arguing. He's granting the presumption. This is why I said, this is why I said down here, don't, uh, down here, don't grant the presumption of this. When you grant this presumption, when you grant the presumption, you treat it in the law as though it's valid. When you grant, so when you say, I need to fill out my religious exemption, you've just granted the presumption that the statute compelling you to take the shot is valid. And if the statute compelling you to take the shot is valid, this is the kicker. Now listen up. If, the, if you grant the presumption, presumption by filling out the exemption, you've agreed that the statute is valid and lawful. So if the statute says you have to take the shot because of public health, what you've just done is you've just converted your private health, which is an absolute right, into public health, which is an issue of sanitation. So now you are taking the shot based on sanitation, but look at this Supreme Court uh, holding, or look at the case. He's saying what? It is within the power of the, pol it's in the police power of the public to enact a compulsory vaccination law. So this is uh, the public powers. And it is for the legislature and not for the courts to determine the first instance whether vaccination is or is not the best mode for the prevention of smallpox and the protection of public health. So they're talking about prevention. They're talking about public health. They're talking about smallpox, which is not every disease, by the way. So it's not COVID-19. It's not, you know, AIDS or whatever else. But it's talking about it's up to the legislature, which is what? Discretion. And the discretion of the legislature 
it's within the power until what? Any right granted or secured thereby is infringed. Does that make sense? So if the legislature passes a statute, if the, leg if the legislature passes a statute that says, take the shot, they're treating that as public health. When you, with your right to health, which is an absolute right, when you fill out the exemption, you are granting the presumption that your private health may be regulated as public health. And if you grant the presumption to regulate your private health as public health, then it is to the discretion of the state to determine where uh, to apply the law. Unless any right granted or secured thereby is infringed. So when you actually know the law, and this is what the attorneys don't know, here's the million dollars. When you actually know your rights and you send notice and affidavit into the government, you are getting controversy telling them what? That your rights are being infringed. Attorneys don't do this. Attorneys file petitions and attorneys file briefs and attorneys tell you, well, actually, the case holding of Jacobson from 1905 says that what? The, uh, the what's it called? Um, uh, it is within the police power of the state to enact a compulsory vaccination law. And that is where your attorneys break. Your attorneys break because all they know is statutes, rules, and case law. And because this is all they know, they break. And this is why you take the shot. You took the shot or you didn't take the shot because your private health was treated as public health and you granted the presumption of stupid statutes to include the uniform code of military justice. Code is derivative from statute and a legislative grant, which a code that treats your private health as a public health issue goes against the constitution because your rights to health and private health is reserved. This is why you took the shot. That's why you took the shot. This is where you need to look at your state constitutions. This is why you need to know what your rights are. This is why I advocate for you to go learn from my teacher, Dave Jose Cares For You. Uh, the uh, you know, link's not in the description, but this is why you need to know the law. This is why you need to know your rights. If you don't know your rights, if you don't know the law, you're going to get destroyed. And this is the law. There is no arguing with this. I just showed you. I just showed you from the, the case law where the su Supreme Court is telling you the only way that you can defeat the uh, public police power to enact a compulsory vaccination law outside of the discretion of the legislature is a violated right violated or infringed right and if you don't know your rights when they get infringed and you go to an attorney and you argue case law or code or statute you get crushed and you get crushed because you're granting unlawful presumptions you get crushed because you don't know the law and because you don't know the law that's why they jab you that's why you lose your careers that's why uh there are people calling for the accountability where'd it go that's why people are calling for the accountability. 
of, uh, of, of military leaders. This has nothing to do with the UCMJ. Nothing. That's, that's the part that people... That's, that's the part that people won't know. That's the part that they won't listen to. Anyway. Listen, folks, I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, I want to direct you again to my teacher, Dave Jose. Uh, the letter for you on, tele, on uh, Twitter. He's got webinars. You need to take those specific webinars in order to get all that specific knowledge and learn how to write notices, learn how to write affidavits, learn how to do that stuff. That's what he teaches. Um, I, I, I'm directing you to him. Um, at the same time, um, none of that matters if you don't believe in Jesus. I do what I do as a ministry to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord willing, I showed you on this picture, walking through, uh, starting with the Bible. Where are we at? Starting with the Bible, the gospel, coming down the frame of government. This is Christ's wisdom. This is uh, what the Bible teaches. Uh, and when we bring this wisdom, by God's grace, people obey. But this is because we want to glorify him because he is king. But none of that matters if you are not in Christ. If you do not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are not a Christian, then you are going to go to hell. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. Everyone is a sinner. When we sin, we break God's law and we separate ourselves from the Lord. The Lord will punish us forever in a lake of fire for any one sin, let alone all the sins. He's going to keep a perfect accounting of all of those sins. And we will be judged according to his standard, the Bible. And if we don't understand that, it doesn't matter because we are without excuse. The world testifies that there is a creator. You know by your conscience not to murder, not to lie, not to lust, not to steal, not to covet. You know these things. There's a reason why people take the name of Jesus in vain. They use his name as a curse word. They don't say Muhammad. They don't say Gandhi. They say Jesus as a curse word. The world testifies to Christ as king. And if you do not testify as Christ as king, if you do not believe the gospel, then you're going to go to hell. The gospel is, the gospel that saves, is that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. He took God's wrath on him. He physically died, then physically rose from the grave three days later. His blood washes away those sins. Now, you've heard the gospel. The response to that gospel is you got to believe it. If you believe it, you obey it because those two things are linked. The obedience of the gospel is that you will repent of your sin. You will turn away. You will go the other direction because sinning is wrong and you hate it because you serve the king. You will repent of your sin. You will understand that Christ is risen and you will be baptized into his name. And when you enter his church, that water is a symbol of the washing away of your sins. You're dying in Christ. You're taking on his name. He's giving you his righteousness as though you lived his perfect life. And he was punished on the cross as though he lived your sinful life. This begins your walk with the Lord. It saves you. And it begins your walk with Christ, which means that your, your life will reflect him. You will point to him. You will glorify him. The Bible tells you how to do this. If you do not read the Bible, if you are not in the word, how do you know what God says? And one of the dangers in this world, I just showed you how people twist words and do stuff. A greater danger is that you just don't read the Bible. 
Because if you don't read the Bible, your brain and your thoughts are not established on the Lord. If they're not established on the Lord, you're going to be deceived. You're going to be misled. You're going to be destroyed. Believe the gospel, my friends. Lord willing, um, I, I ask you to uh, go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren if this was beneficial, educational, inspirational, edifying, equipping, uh, or encouraging in any way. Please say thank you. And a great way to say thank you is take the money that you're already spending and switch it over to American manufacturing. Household products, quality products delivered right to your door. No godless commies can purchase a seat at the corporate table. So you'll never see woke godless commie corporate policies. You'll never see them support anything. Make your dollars count in this economic war. Go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Sign up. If you don't want to do it, that's all fine. That's all right. Look at it. If Hey, it's not for me. I'm out. No cost to cancel. No hassle to cancel. Uh, if you sign up, myself or someone will uh, come alongside you and say, hey, here's how to do it. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Please share this content. Share it with someone in the military. Share it with someone who wants to know what the law is on stuff. Um, and I advocate for you to go to my teacher, Dave Jose, which is Real Dave Cares for you on Twitter. Um, there's links in the description below for how you can help me share the content. Thank you very much. Lord Willen will be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Don't quit. Go to war.